We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for September 6th, 2009. And today we're going to be doing a uh, kind of a recap on um, the week that, um, really this week, and then I had a meeting with our, our local sheriff this week regarding the information that I'll be going over um, after I tell you about that. And then we're actually going to be listening to some audio clips from some different people that Alex Jones was interviewing this week on his radio station. And uh, really not so much for the Alex Jones, but for the actual people that he was interviewing. Two different doctors and uh, Steve Quayle as well. Pretty much all saying the same thing, which will also confirm the information that we'll get into uh, shortly. The reason that I keep hammering this is because the the severity of the information I just can't see in good conscience uh, when we have a new wave of news breaking about this particular subject, doing a study on you know what you know I might have on the uh, like continuing the uh, messianic Jew study or doing a study on whatever various or sundry topic that we would get into. Uh, this type of information that we're going to be talking about could be very pertinent and very real very soon, and it is, seems to be becoming more real as the weeks go on. So I had a meeting this week with uh, my sheriff, me and uh, two other Christian brothers, and they actually had a rapport with him, and uh, we had been you know, praying a lot about it, and I thank you for the prayers of the people that had um, prayed about the things that I was going to be dealing with this week. I definitely had favor with the sheriff, uh, and it went very well. I really couldn't ask for anything more regarding that situation. Uh, we, we got there, and um, it was Sheriff Mike Scott, Sheriff of Lee County, uh, Florida, and he was the one, there was a lot of controversy over him because he was the one, if you remember, during the election that had uh, invoked Obama's full name. I don't know whether it was when he was introducing him or something about where where he was actually in front of, you know, literally a ton of people and had said Barack Hussein Obama. And um, because he invoked his middle name, there was this big controversy and people were calling for him to be fired and to step down. And, you know, hey, it's the guy's name. I mean, <laughs> what's what's so bad about him, you know? But anyway, he was the one that, that uh, did that. So, uh, he, he's kind of used to, to this type of, uh, controversy and he's not, you know, he's not afraid to, to back down on these types of issues. So what I wanted to do is go over this information regarding the, uh, coming forced vaccinations that, uh, that we may be under. And, uh, I wanted to set the information before him and, you know, just get his take on it. We spent at least an hour and a half. I think it was a little over an hour and a half we actually spent with him, just us three and Michael, Mike, Mike Scott. And uh, really great guy. I, I couldn't say enough you know, good about the way the interview went or the way he treated us. It was, it was just wonderful. So the information that I went over with him uh, started out, and I'll just, I'll just read you some of this information. And this was entitled, Urgent, an Issue of National Security. Now, this is from StopTheVax.com, I believe is the website that this is from. 
a lot of the information, but what I did is I added to it. Um, some of this, they've got, <coughs> excuse me, they've got individual letters up there that you can literally put out to different people in different areas of law enforcement. This particular one was aimed at the sheriff. Now, some of the information that was in this was a little too over the top for me to just go over in a first-time interview with, with my sheriff. So what I did is I edited out some of this, but what I wanted to do is give him a lot of documentation. I wanted to give him a lot of things if he wanted to research this on his own that he could go do. And um, I provided all the links to do that, and I actually ended up emailing this document to him as well later. Uh, this article starts out by saying, On June 11th, the UN's World Health Organization declared a seemingly premature level pandemic 6 for the H1N1 influenza. And now they're on track for mandating vaccinations for the H1N1 in the USA beginning this fall. On June 11th, the decision was made by Dr. Margaret Chan, Director General of the World Health Organization, to declare a level 6 pandemic. This pandemic alert is of the highest order possible. Under level 6 Conditions, the Secretary of Health and Human Services is able to declare mandatory vaccinations under the Public Readiness Emergency Preparedness Act. And there's no criteria listed for stating what constitutes a threat. So he wasn't, and most people aren't, a lot of them are not aware that um, they can actually impose mandatory vaccinations just from um, that standpoint that I just quoted. Now, the the Health and Human Services website says the Secretary may issue a declaration that provides immunity from tort liability for claims of loss caused arising out of or relating to or resulting from the administration or use of a vaccine or other pharmaceutical countermeasures. In other words, this means that if you or your child is harmed by a vaccine during these conditions, there is nothing you can do about it. I wanted to make that abundantly clear as well that they're off the hook regarding liability. They can go and inject people, and we can have a million people dying, and they're, you know, they're immune from all this. You know, that's a pretty good deal for them. So then, another piece of legislation that I went over in my uh, avian flu presentation is on July 21st, 2004, President Bush signed the $5.6 billion Project BioShield into law, under Project BioShield, the government can impose mandatory vaccinations on Americans while simultaneously declaring martial law based on any emergency, real or imagined. Should that occur, then every American can be forced to submit to whatever countermeasures is deemed appropriate, including vaccinations. There's another piece of legislation. Actually, there's really, the more I look at this, the more I see that there is several pieces of legislation that have been enacted some of them on an international level, some of them on more of a nationwide level, that can, um, where we can be put in a position where mandatory vaccinations are imposed. Going further, especially since members of military law enforcement and first responders are part of the population most at risk for such mandated programs, as well as those most likely be having to enforce them, it is critical that you, in this, in this particular instance, my sheriff, it is critical that you be alert to the activities of Homeland Security and FEMA, which are federal agencies answerable to the World Health Organization and the United Nations. 
in the United States under the International Partnership on Avian and Pandemic Influenza, Pandemic Influenza, signed by President George W. Bush in November of 2005. So here's another piece of legislation that was signed by uh, President Bush, 2005, called the International Partnership on Avian and Pandemic Influenza. Now, this thing that I'm reading from here will be uh, part of the PDF that I will be putting up in relation to, the, to this teaching. So you can click on it. All of the links to explore what I'm saying are right under each paragraph. I've put them there so to make it easy for you to research this on your own. Uh, so, that was another piece of legislation. Here's another one. Uh, this was from uh, from World Daily Net, 8-2807, a little bit later, and it's entitled, U.S. Under the U.N. Law in Health Emergencies. The Security and Prosperity Partnership of North America Summit in Canada ratified a plan called, quote, the North American Plan for Avian and Pandemic Influenza that establishes the United Nations Law along with regulations by the World Trade Organization and World Health Organization as supreme law over U.S. law during a pandemic and sets the stage for militarizing the management of continental health emergencies. With virtually no media attention, in 2005, President Bush shifted U.S. policy on avian flu and pandemic influenza, placing the country under international guidelines not specifically determined by domestic agencies. So there was another thing that I that I showed him, and he wasn't, you know, these are again. There's no media attention, and if they're not told, they won't know. So I wanted to kind of establish that right off the bat. And if you were to go to your sheriff or you, to your law enforcement, you can literally download the PDF and show them as well. Now there's some other things in the PDF that won't be pertinent to that, but I found that you can do like a copy and paste. Um, from the PDF into like a Word document, you can print it out. And you can have the whole thing right there to, to give to them. And this isn't my information. This is, this is other people, uh, other organizations that have put this together. I just tried to put it together in a cohesive format for you. Uh, and then it goes on to say, May all sheriffs recall their jurisdiction over the feds. And may all in uniform recall the oath you took to uphold the Constitution. Uh, there's a organization called oathkeepers.org www.oathkeepers.org which um, is uh, reviving this forgotten promise regarding their upholding the constitution and more importantly may you remember that under your uniform you are a human being answerable to a higher authority these are things that you know the, the sheriff or any people in law enforcement need to bear in mind about what's coming next thing I had went over was the fact that 50% of the doctors and nurses in Great Britain and Hong Kong are planning to refuse government vaccinations. A lot of people aren't aware of that, but there's news reports that have been out. I mean, you know, just secular news reports are reporting on this. Not granted, it's not across our TVs in America because they don't want you to know that, but a lot of the people in healthcare worldwide are going to be refusing the shots. The next thing I went over was an article from InsideVaccines.com entitled Swine Flu Vaccines Contain the Live H1N1 Virus. It's not a typo. The main ingredient in the GlaxoSmithKline and Novartis vaccines include live the live virus itself. 
which is an attenuated virus, meaning it's a weakened form of the swine flu virus, or partially killed, attenuated. Attenuated viruses can be deadly and cause what they call virus shedding. When a person is injected with the live attenuated virus, the organism moves through the human body, possibly infecting the host, and then exiting through the feces, mucous membranes, salivary glands of the inoculated person. This is called virus shedding, and it can last for weeks. So in other words, you turn into a human incubation uh, laboratory. And if you have the proper things going on inside your body, you can actually have mutations occur, which is, I believe, going to be one of the ways that this is actually spread. Um, It's going to all be by design. And again, we've done several teachings on this subject that you can reference. I'm not going to get into all of the nuts and bolts of it, because we've already done that in at least, oh my word, probably we've done nine teachings on it before this, on this particular subject. If you just go into the keyword search box on my homepage on Sermon Audio, you can you can access all those. Also, contendingfortruth.com, contendingfortruth.com, the new website that one of my listeners put up, doing an excellent job. You can find them um, on YouTube uh, under End Time Delusion, and then the letter, the number one, End Time Delusion, number one, or just key in Dr. Scott Johnson in the keyword search box on either a search engine or up on YouTube, and you'll, you'll find the, the videos, or the audios, actually. So, going further, the next article was the vaccines are far more deadly than the swine flu. Uh, this is from August 21st, Global Research Institutes of Science and Society. First paragraph says the vaccines are more, more, far more deadly than the swine flu and are a recipe for disaster reported Dr. May Wan Hu and Professor Joe Cummings. This report has been submitted uh, to the Chief Medical Officer in the United Kingdom and to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. So there's a lot of people out there really trying to drive this point home. We've reported on how there's squalene that's in this vaccine, and um, squalene is a uh, debilitating, what they call adjuvant, It's it's an added ingredient in there, in um, a study done in 2003, and I give you all the references, all rats that were injected with squalene developed a disease similar to multiple sclerosis, left them crippled and dragging their paralyzed hindquarters. There's another one, another study, and again, the references are here. I'm not going to read them for you, but they're, they're here. Squalene causes severe arthritis. Three on a scale of four, squalene in humans at 10 to 20 parts per billion leads to severe immune responses, such as autoimmune arthritis and lupus. According to one study, squalene was the cause of Gulf War syndrome in 25% uh, of the uh, cases both home and abroad. Another one reads, Gulf War syndrome was caused by squalene. So again, squalene is pretty bad stuff. That's one of the ingredients of the vaccine. You also have now the live attenuated H1N1 in the in the body. Now, one of the things I went over in my presentations as well is that if you have, and I mentioned this earlier, but if you have the H1N1, this genetically manufactured vi- uh, virus that is part swine, part human, and part bird flu, injected into the body, 
and there's another flu virus in the body at the same time, they can combine, and this is where you have your mutation occurring. And the, when the, if the one that it combines with is readily spreadable, then you can have that same virus becoming potentially more virulent and much more easily spreadable. I believe that one of the plans, again, is going to be to use the, the human beings that they're injecting these viruses, uh, these vaccines into, as the human, incubator cha- the human incubator chambers for the virus itself. So, just bear that in mind. And we're going to hear some other doctors today that are going to tell you even more in-depth of what I'm, I'm actually discussing. Here's another one. This was from Natural News by Mike Adams. This came out not too recently, or, well, I'd say a month ago. And it was entitled, Diseased African Monkeys Used to Make the Swine Flu Vaccines. And the private military contractor holds the key patents. Today's breaking news is shocking, disturbing, but absolutely true. One of the ingredients used in manufacturing the swine flu vaccines is derived from infected African monkeys whose kidneys are harvested for the vaccines. Now, this is true. I mean, people all come on now. Now you've gone too far. Well, I'm serious. I mean, if they, you, you think if they would use um, aborted babies, what they call maybe aborted fetal cell lines, if you look in the PDR, the physician's desk reference, they're called human diploid cells. It's a nice real whitewash of saying aborted babies. I just, I just prefer calling it what it is. They're they're growing these vaccines off aborted babies. I give you 13 in the PowerPoint presentation that you can go view up on YouTube. Uh, they use green Reese's monkey kidneys. They use chicken embryos. All manner of, of... It's like a witch's brew. And I've said that before, and I literally mean it. It's like a cauldron of, of death. And they're injecting that into the body. It would be one thing if you ate it, because your stomach acids would kill a lot of this, and your body would be able to identify and deal with a lot of what you would be ingesting. But when you inject it right into the bloodstream, your body doesn't have any time to do that. It doesn't, it's not the way it was meant to be. Your body just reacts with massive autoimmune responses, and uh, that's why it's so devastating. Going back to this article, it says, aside from the dangerous ingredients many people already know about, the uh, squalene and thimerosal, which is the mercury derivative. Mercury is also incredibly toxic and causes all manner of, of problems in the body. But one of the other key ingredients used in the flu vaccines, including the one being prepared for the swine flu, is the tainted kidneys of the African green monkeys. Now, again, this is also the DNA. You're getting their DNA as well. You're getting diseased monkey DNA. Now, just I'm not going to say anything more about that right now, but remember in last week's study we talked about the DNA? I'm going to go a little bit further into that today because I think that has a lot to do with how they're trying to defile us. What this boils down to is one of Satan's many plans to defile us. There's different ways you can be defiled. You can be defiled by listening to um, rock music the wrong kinds of music, you can, uh, music that's inspired by Satan. That's a way that can, you can be defiled spiritually. You can be defiled if you're um, online all the time and you're, and you're looking at online pornography. It's another way to defile you in a spiritual way. You can be defiled also physically okay, by 
the vaccines would probably be the greatest example I know of. If you eat, you know, junk food constantly, you're eating fried foods, you're eating, you're eating all these wrong foods, you're putting that in your body, it's, trying to, it's like trying to put 49 octane in your, in your car and expecting your car to run right. You're defiling the physical, because we're three-part three beings, body, soul, and spirit. So there's different ways you can be defiled. And remember, you're only as strong as the weakest link in your body. So you could have a desire to be on fire for God and do all these mighty exploits. But if, um, if your body is devastated and decimated through, let's say, vaccines or, or consuming the wrong things or whatever, the chemtrails, then you're only as strong as the weakest link. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hinder your ministry for the Lord, in other words, in some way, shape, or form. So, the, uh, the tainted kidneys of African green monkeys is one of the things that they're actually using to uh, culture this swine flu vaccine off. Now, this is actually revealed in U.S. patent number 591-1998. 591-1998, which is called Method of Producing a Virus Vaccine from the African Green Monkey Kidney Cell Line. As this patent explains, ingredients used in the vaccines are derived from the kidneys of African green monkeys who were first infected with the virus and then allowed to fester the disease. Then they are killed so that their diseased organs can be used to make the vaccine ingredients. Is that sickening? That's what vaccines are. This is done in a cruel, inhumane flesh factory environment where the monkeys are subjected to a process that includes incubating the said inoculated cell line to permit proliferation of said virus. Then, now we're quoting from this patent now, then, quote, harvesting the virus resulting from the steps mentioned above, and then preparing a vaccine from the harvested virus. End of quote. So, this is sick. This is what they're doing. Uh, Washington Post reported on Wednesday, May 6th, that the federal health officials will probably recommend that most Americans get three flu shots this fall. One regular flu shot and two doses of any vaccine made against the new swine flu strain. Now, Meredith Vieira was up on the Today Show. You could go up on YouTube and watch the clip where she says this, that it will be basically, oh, you know, that they're real lighthearted, you know, kind of let your guard down environment in the Today Show. And, and I basically saying that they'll be mandated. Um, the first flu shot's already come out. Okay, now those are bad enough, but these will be the, um, the other two will be based on the swine flu. So you can imagine all of the, uh, all of the garbage that they're going to try to inject into people in a very short period of time and the devastating immune response that will cause. Now, what's in the regular flu shot? Well, here's just some things. Egg proteins, con con including uh, contaminated bird viruses. Gelatin. Gelatin is known to cause allergic reactions in anaphylactis, uh, usually associated with sensitivity to egg or gelatins. What anaphylaxis is a rapid... Uh, progressing life-threatening allergic reaction. Polysorbate 80, also marked tween 80, a preservative that can cause allergic reactions. Formaldehyde, which is what they embalm people with, you know, like if you go and you die, they drain all your blood out and they put formaldehyde in you to preserve you, 
Well, that's what one of the ingredients. You've got to have that. The shot also contains Triton X100, which is a strong detergent, table sugar, because remember, a little bit of sugar makes the medicine go down. From was that from Mary Poppins? I don't know. Anyway, so you got to have your table sugar, and then resin that is known to cause allergic reactions. Oh, good resin! Uh, it's wonderful. I always want some good resin, and then an antibiotic, gentamicin. Multi-dose vials also contain thimerosal, which is the mercury preservative, uh, a known neurotoxin. It, it, it fries your nerves. I've seen, there's videos up on the, on the internet you can go watch and you can go see what the um, mercury does to the nerve endings, like in the brain, they're, uh, I believe they're called dendrites, and, and how when the mercury gets near it, and there's actually a microscope, and you're watching this happen, that these dendrites just shrink back and just shrivel up and die. That's what mercury does. Uh, infants and children are most at risk for neurological damage from mercury because their nervous systems are still developing. And guess what? Guess who's first in line to get the shots? Really, it's the children and the pregnant women. They've already stated that. And the health workers. And I, I told the sheriff this. I said, you guys are going to be the ones first in line to get this stuff. So you need to know about this for your own safety and for your own family's safety, much less the populations. Because if you guys get sick... Think about that. I mean, okay, let's say your sheriff's good. He's a good guy. He's going to protect you. Okay? He's going to do whatever he can to, to keep the feds out of the, you know, and I understand, this is the Lord's battle, okay? The Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne, and I'm not saying put your faith in your sheriff or whatever, but it's good to educate. And um, if they all go down, well, guess who moves in? The feds. Now, the, guaranteed, another thing, they have the antidote for this. If they make the, the vaccine, even if they got injected, they do have antidotes. Now, granted, the antidote couldn't get all that garbage out of your body, but it might be able, it would probably be able to be an antidote for the virus itself. But it's something that these people need to know. Yes? Okay, so back to the articles. Um, this is from CBS News, June 12th. Health and Human Services Secretary Kathleen Celibus is talking to school superintendents around the country, urging them to spend the summer, which is passed at this point, but planning what to do if the government decides it needs their buildings for mass vaccinations and vaccinations of children first. Okay, so again, the kiddies are going to be the ones, the pregnant women and the kiddies are going to be the ones that get... And another, another thing that seems to be popping up over and over is the fact that the people that will be getting vaccinated, there's also other ingredients here in here that can cause sterilization as well. Now, understand this totally lines up with everything we've said in the past about their goal to depopulate the world, you know, to anywhere from, you know, anywhere, I guess, depending on where you get your numbers, 75 to 95%. The Georgia Guidestones wanted to 500 million, which would be over a 90% reduction. So, uh, you know, using the schools as mass vaccination centers would make sense. And also, once you're back in school, they have a captive audience. During the summer, they don't really have control over the children. But once they're back in school, now they do. Oh, well, if you don't do this, then you can't go to school. So that's the threat level. And not only that, all the kids are together, there's a more likelihood that this, due to this viral shedding and due to their close proximity to one another, they'll be able to spread it easier. 
Uh, next article goes on to pose the question, what can I do about all this? This was from Dr. Sherry Tenpenny's suggestions. And uh, she was saying, give this information to everyone you know and love. And again, you can go and copy this document, copy and paste it right off my PDF on the internet. Okay, As long as you have a program, you can copy or paste it. You can copy and paste it into an email. Or you could refer them to the link. Uh, contact first responders, EMTs, paramedics, firemen. Um, tell them what will be in the flu shots and that they will be the first ones to get them. Tell local police and discuss your concerns about mandatory vaccinations. Contact local city council members about your desire to preserve your liberties. You will need their support to maintain your right to refuse vaccination. Write an article for your local community newspaper. Samples will be posted soon on drsherrytenpenny.com and go to www.oathkeepers.org. That was the site I mentioned earlier. A PDF of their oath for easy printing will be posted on Dr. Tenpenny's site because they have their oath is, is, is to the Constitution. And um, so that's just something good to know. This next article is from World Daily Net, August 11th. Will Americans follow orders to take the flu shots? I'm just going to be uh, touching on this. The Constitution Party, which is a fast-growing alternative to the Democrats or Republicans, have come out strongly in opposition to any mandatory vaccinations of potential toxic H1N1. Citing the Fourth Amendment, which states, quote, the right of the people to be secure in their persons shall not be violated. Uh, that's a, a good one. Um, the national chairman, Jim Clymer, says it comes down to the most fundamental of all freedoms. If the government can force potentially dangerous substances into our bodies, then what then can't the government do to us? I mean, in other words, if they can do that, what can't they do to us? You know, they own us lock, stock, and barrel if they can force, force vaccinate us. Uh, going further, according to a Fox report, the Pentagon is planning to make available military troops, if they are needed, to help FEMA respond to a flu outbreak. The, the report said Defense Secretary Robert Gates is preparing to sign an order letting the military set up regional teams to help FEMA. Americans should be gravely concerned when all the pieces are put together, Clymer said. We have a flu strain which has produced mild symptoms so far, and yet it appears as though there is a well-orchestrated, pre-planned effort to put draconian measures in place for a pandemic. I mean, why all the hype? Let's kill, like, what? supposedly 500-some people in, in uh, the U.S. I saw that statistic the other day. And then you have the regular flu, which kills 36 to 38,000 people per year in the United States. It's not even near that. But yet there's all this hype about this. Um, but again, to pull off what they're going to try to pull off, if the Lord permits it, then you know they've got to do this. All this prep preparation, all this hysteria prior to it. Also cited is the World Health Organization's recommended recommendations that would provide essentially for an indefinite stay in a quarantine camp for those who refuse a vaccination. He said the procedures that follow a level 6 pandemic allow international precedent to override U.S. constitutional guarantees of freedom. Now remember, I just gave you three pieces of legislation at the beginning 
actually four, if, if you counted them all up, that allow them to do that. But just remember, they enacted all these things without the approval of Americans, or I'm sure other people in other countries. It's not like anything we voted on. They just did it behind closed doors and are going to try to force it on us. That's unlawful. You know, that is absolutely, totally unlawful. It's, it's satanic, it's pure evil. So, you know, going further, at naturalnews.com, a warning was issued that more and more incidents are being reported involving forced vaccinations in the U.S., usually through the workplace or the school. Now, again, if you're at school or if you work for somebody, now they've got that power. They've either got the paycheck they can hang over you that you can't get if you don't get it because you're going to have to be let go or fired. Or school, oh, you can't get an education. Attorney Alan Phillips, author of Dispelling Vaccination Myths, got interested in the subject when he noticed the warning on a vaccination that was about to be administered to his infant child. The warning clearly stated that the odds of death from the vaccination were considerably higher than death from the diseases it was supposed to immunize from. Did you know that? The, the, you know, so to put that in perspective, measles, mumps, rubella, or whatever, the, va- the, the chance of you dying from that vaccine, which is also cultured off aborted babies, aborted fetal cell line, the chances of you dying from that are far greater than if you had got any of those diseases and contracted them dying. So where's the benefit? Not only that, you're injecting something that was cultured off an aborted baby. How is that affecting you spiritually? I mean, you think you might be possibly bringing a curse on yourself in some way, shape, or form? Can't, I mean, it's got to affect you spiritually some way, in a very negative way. Going further, the site even promotes a a petition to halt forced vaccinations. Now, there was another article that had come out this week. I'll read from that. Uh, Let's see. Okay, I found it. Uh, Again, this is from Mike Adams, Natural Health. And this is regarding... (coughs) Excuse me. An article entitled, Massachusetts Becomes a Medical Police State. Okay, sorry about that. Under this bill, Massachusetts becomes a medical police state. There is no debating it. It is all written clear as day in this law. The citizens of Massachusetts will have no rights, period. The Constitution is ancient history. You are now property of the state. Kiss your freedoms goodbye. Massachusetts, it seems, has never met a vaccine it didn't like. This is the same state that rounded up parents of school children who hadn't been vaccinated, corralled them into a courtroom with attack dogs standing outside, and forced uh, vaccine injections onto all the school children under the threat of jail time for parents who resisted. This actually happened last year. The videos are up there on the internet. You can go still watch them. All options have been stripped from them, but one, the big pharma option. That's the one that involves using untested, unproven, potentially dangerous vaccines that could paralyze you or even kill you, all to defend you against a virus that's so weak almost anyone with decent levels of vitamin D and basic nutrition can resist this virus without incident. Remember the report I gave last week of a listener? 
she said she was over it in like a day or less. And all the adults that were getting it was the same thing. And they had tested, her, her daughter had tested positive. And she was over it in like three or four days. And it wasn't a big deal. It was almost a non-issue, or a non-event, I think, as she said. <clears throat> now, I'm not saying the mutated version that's coming is going to be a non-issue. Okay, but most likely, just like the Spanish flu of 1918-19, the only ones that are going to have to worry about that are the people that actually got injected with the vaccines, acting as incubator chambers. <clears throat> Massachusetts um, could just be the beginning, though. It turns out that the whole nation could s soon find itself under similar forced vaccination policies, isolation camps, forced vaccinations, and much more. So, uh, again, <clears throat> that, uh, that's part of, of what we're talking about here today. Going further, <clears throat> this article says that as flu season approaches, a conference has also been scheduled to allow leaders of government and industry to consult on the potential problems. The event in the past has been called to discuss various strains of the bird flu, but this year it's being called the International Swine Flu Conference. <clears throat> It's August 19th and 20th at the Hyatt Regency Capitol on Hyatt Regency, Washington on Capitol Hill. Among topics to be considered are, quote, unwillingness to follow government orders, control and diffuse social unrest and public disorder. And these are all quotes from this brochure. Now, a lot of people email me asking me about this. Do you believe this? Well, this, this actual conference has been going on for years. It was going on even before I did that um, avion flu tour that I did in 2005. <clears throat> I was going to try to go to it that year, and you know, but it's over, I believe, way over $2,000 just to attend. So it's very expensive. They want to keep it that way so that that's going to weed out you know, anybody going there and trying to see what's really going on most of the time. <clears throat> Another uh, topic in the now you can go up you can you can go up to uh, newfields.com new-fields f i e l d s.com and you can click on the pro, the brochure that yourself and you can see even though it's already passed it's probably still up there uh, <clears throat> you can click on it you can see this for yourself. <clears throat> It's being assembled for top leaders and decision makers from a broad range of industries, as well as scientists, public health officials, law enforcers, first responders, and other experts. The promotional brochure also lists the topics of mass fatality management planning. Isn't that special? Mass fatality. Uh, I know there's also one that is for morgue operations, how to run your morgue, you know, the right way for all the dead bodies, surveillance and data management, because they got it, remember, this is going to be Big Brother, truly, you know, surveillance. Because, hey, if you don't get vaccinated and you know a neighbor that's not vaccinated, you better turn them in, because they'll infect everybody. Now, I posed this question to uh, Sheriff Scott, and I said, listen, it doesn't make sense, because he, and he's not pro-vaccination by any stretch of the imagination, which was really nice to, to hear that. Um, but he, uh, you have to pose him the question. If these vaccines really work, and if they're really all they're cracked up to be, 
and you get vaccinated, what do you have to worry about if somebody didn't get vaccinated? You're vaccinated, right? So you're protected, right? But they are saying the exact opposite. They're saying, oh no, the unvaccinated are putting everyone at risk. I'm not putting anyone at risk. Supposedly, if your vaccines are all they're cracked up to be, just so, it's just how they twist things and how they lie about things. So, and then the uh, one of the other thing topics is command, control, and management. So it'll be you know be like a military operation essentially is what you're looking at. The um, next article <clears throat> entitled "Congressman Says Obama Could Use the Pandemic to Declare Martial Law." It's from August 13th. Georgia Congressman Paul. Brown, or Braun, attended, warned attendees at a town hall meeting on Tuesday that the Obama administration was planning to use a pandemic or a natural disaster to implement martial law in the United States. Now, this is a U.S. congressman saying this. And there's others that are coming out that are saying the same thing. This is just one of them. Speaking at the North Georgia Technical College Auditorium, Braun said that the socialist socialistic elite, as well as Obama, Nancy Pelosi, and Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid were planning to exploit a crisis to create a favorable climate for stalling, for their stalling political agenda. They're trying, this is a quote, they're trying to develop an environment where they can take over. He said, and then he said, we've seen that historically. Congressman Braun's warning arrives on the back of a letter sent by the National Governors Association to the Pentagon last week, which condemns the military's plans to usurp domestic control of the National Guard and federal forces deployed in the event of a natural disaster or a terrorist attack. In December of 2008, it was announced that at least 20,000 more active duty soldiers will be placed inside the United States under NORTHCOM to help the state and that local officials respond to a nuclear terrorist attack or other domestic catastrophe. Now, notice it said 20,000 more. What does that bring the total up to? According to Alex Jones, about 400,000 of our own troops will be can be deployed just for this nationwide, not to mention the foreign troops they've already got here. <clears throat> NORTHCOM is also one of the uh, arms that are helping with FEMA, and Homeland Security, they actually played a part in the uh, Newfields conference as well, at least before they did. So it's the military integrating with the uh, medical system because they really have to be integrated in order to pull this off. NationalGuard.com is hiring internment detention camp specialists. So why are they doing this? Why is the National Guard hiring internment, quote, detention camp specialists? Army Regulation 210-35, entitled Civilian Inmate Labor Program, Civilian Inmate Labor Program, provides guidance for establishing and managing civilian inmate labor programs on Army installations. It provides guidance on establishing prison camps on Army installations. Now, I went over this in my avian flu PowerPoint on the internet. I have a whole slide just devoted to this one thing. <clears throat> now it seems to be all coming in that this was three some years ago, that, actually four years ago. So it really seems like it's coming to a head now. 
this article from World Daily Net says an ad campaign <clears throat> featured on the U.S. Army website seeking those who would be interested in being an internment resettlement specialist is raising alarms across the country, generating concerns that there is some truth in those theories about domestic detention camps, a roundup of dissidents, and a crackdown on threatening conservatives. Threatening conservatives. The ads at GoArmy.com website, as well as others, including Monster.com, say, quote, internment resettlement specialists in the Army are primarily responsible for day-to-day operations in a military confinement slash correctional facility or detention internment facility. These specialists provide rehabilitative health, welfare, and security to U.S. military prisoners within a confinement and correctional facility. They conduct inspections, prepare reports, and coordinate activities of prisoners and attorneys and staff personnel. The ArmyNationalGuard.com has a video as well as, the, as a description of the jobs they will be training for people for. And I give you the link. You can go watch the video for yourself. It's sickening. Very, very Big Brother-like when you, when you watch it. A lot of these videos that I'm seeing now, I saw one the other day from the FBI that was actually really only supposed to be shown toward local law enforcement. On It's just so sickening how... You know, they're classifying terrorists now. And uh, the way the video is done is just disgusting. I I couldn't even hardly stand to watch it. And this is what the law enforcement officers are actually being trained in. At least some of them are. So, what I'm going to do right now is we're going to segue into some clips from uh, Alex Jones, Steve Quayle, Alex Jones, uh, Dr. Leonard Horowitz, and Alex Jones... Dr. Russell Blaylock, and you're going to hear what they have to say regarding the subject because, again, there's a lot of stuff that is breaking news regarding the subject, and I can really hardly keep up with it, and this is a good way where I don't have to uh, go and rehash all that they've already stated clearly anyway. So I'm going to go ahead, and we're going to get into that right now. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and play the first clip now, Steve Quayle and Alex Jones, this was just the other day. Um, this was posted September 3rd. And uh, granted, no matter how you feel about Alex Jones, Steve Quayle, Dr. Horowitz, I understand that, that there's there's objections that anyone could bring up about anyone. Okay, And not to say I haven't brought these things up um, regarding Alex Jones before, or even Dr. Horowitz. I'm doing this to get this information out. This is very confirmatory to what we're... Uh, what we're what we've been talking about and all these previous studies that we've done as of late and this is very much breaking cutting edge stuff coming from different really unrelated sources and they're all coming to the same conclusion but they all have their their specialty um, where they can kind of chime in and, and add some very valuable information so we're going to go ahead and play this one first and I'm going to start it right now best-selling author syndicated radio host Patriot, Steve Quell joins us for the next 60 minutes. Steve, I know we've covered the basics on the flu, the background, the preparation, the different scenarios that could unfold. You've been doing it since 1996, saying you believe that was the vehicle they were going to use. We saw them setting up the mass graves, the crematoriums, the federal takeover drills, the forced inoculation preparation in December, January, February. So we really got concerned in April 
when they mobilized and launched the fear-mongering. Is the virus really deadly? Is it the cover for something else? Are they going to have mega deaths like they're saying? Now they're announcing quarantines, forced inoculations, lockdowns. 400,000 troops the Army's announced they want to put on the streets of America. From 4,000 last year to 20,000 in January to 40,000 in April to now 400,000. They're really pulling out all the stops. So I don't want to just, I mean, people understand something's wrong. The question is, will they just use this fear-mongering as the cover for a federal takeover? It's perfect with the flu being worldwide for a global U.N., take over to be coupled with an economic collapse in the fall. If we expose their agenda, will they back off and not carry it out? Uh, what are the different angles? I want to cover every facet, but first, in the three minutes, four minutes we got before break, just just, just recapping with your intel what we're facing. Well, first of all, Alex, the 400,000 troops, I caught a lot of flack from people when I said there are that many foreign troops here, meaning NATO troops and other uh third world countries that have been literally hired by our government for this very position. I, on record, is stating on your show a number of times, 345,000 were told to me by special operations people. No, you're right. In fact, I forgot. I am interrupting. You said three months ago and then a month ago, on this show, 340-something thou, and now they're saying uh, 390-something thou. You got it. So, and, and let me share this. The thing that's important, everyone needs to watch the universities and different schools around the country because we're seeing clustering of lockdowns and quarantining alleys. This is exactly how it was meant to go. Interestingly enough, most of these universities have a, a, at least a microbiology department, but it's fascinating that when you do it in a university setting or in a school setting, you have, in essence, a contained group. So if something gets out of the hands of uh, the handlers who have initiated this and intentionally releases flu, then the point is is that you've got a very captive audience and you can do what's necessary at the time. I believe that the whole thing that we saw earlier this year, as you and I both were on record saying, this is not the real thing. This is a scare tactic. If you remember, we, you had me pray, and we prayed. And, and the bottom line is all the people out there, by the way, Alex, are praying for your safety right now. And I just got an email saying that you would ask for prayer. Ladies and gentlemen, it's never been more important than you to keep Alex and his family in your prayers. And I, I'm, I'm telling you this, Alex, this is going for it, but it's going for it in a different way. And this is important for people to understand. The amount of intel coming into me from all my sources of helicopters landing in the desert southwest of the United States, different states, and European and uh, foreign bikers, I'm talking about motorcyclists, usually on BMWs or a foreign bike. No, no, that's Ali. confirmed in NLE09, trips from 14 countries, FEMA.gov. You got it, but here's what I'm saying. They, there are eyewitnesses, and these are credible and multiple sources claiming that helicopters are landing and that motorcyclists are being given like small uh, containers, if you will, or almost like coolers of something. Now, it's fascinating because I know uh, one of the individuals that uh, pays attention to a lot of my broadcasts, your broadcasts, literally watched happen, literally encountered some of these gentlemen in a gas station and all eyes were well, on Well, I remember you in February talking about how they were getting ready for the flu and trucks moving around and weird shipments, and here we are. Right. 
Well, I think the thing is, is that we're there now. And so, again, this is something I think is important. Are they going for it? Absolutely. Never, never miss the chance to utilize a good crisis to bring about the New World Order. But there's something that's happening in the last... Stay there, stay there. Finish up with the motorcycles. Okay. Let me get back. Stay there. Direct to you and in your face. You're listening to the Alex Jones Broadcasting Network. All right, Steve Quayle, recap what your intel saying they're deploying with motorcyclists. Uh, are they deploying something, or are they receiving a vaccine, or are they... No, rec- no, they're, Alex, they're being given the bioagent to release at a coordinated time across the country, because, look, everybody knows that in the uh, late summer going into the fall, there's a lot of guys that are biking on the roads, but what's fascinating is the ability of the bikers to draw less attention than, let's say, Humvees or dark uh, Denali's or Yukons or Suburbans or whatever. So what is interesting to this, though, is I believe there are multiple strains. This is what people have got to understand. There are multiple strains that have been developed to check all along the efficacy of whatever vectors they're using. Now, what could be more innocuous than uh, people obviously pulling into a gas station or guys going down the road on their bikes with some type of uh, uh, an aerial dispersal thing hooked into a Venturi? And what's interesting to me is we have an eyewitness report uh, of a gentleman who actually confronted, I think there were a group of six guys, and one of them was the head guy, all Eastern Europeans, and they basically got very nervous. He also had his 45 tucked into his uh, pants, and when they saw the pants, they all looked at the uh, head, the uh, I'm sorry, the bikers that weren't the leader looked to the leader for uh, basically his indication of what to do, and he kind of put his hand down like, do nothing. So the point is, is that what I think that people have got to understand is, is that the clustering, now here's what everybody's got to understand. There are specific, specific intel links that go to Kansas University and some of the other universities of specific scientists here that are uh, uh, that have been communicating on high-frequency radio and that they have been, uh, how should I say this, under the cover of a National Institute of Health or a National Science Foundation grant program, have been giving tips the fact that, look, they were going to initiate this in the universities and in the schools. Now, let me stop you. They are now this week having quarantines over people having the flu at universities all over the country to beta test in a controlled area where they just show up and tell the young students you can't leave. The states are passing laws to conform with the executive order that conforms with World Health Organization Level 6 martial law rules. So the point is the safety is off, the trigger is cocked, the tyranny gun is to our head. And, yes, we've confirmed and had guests on universities all over the country months ago and then reports weeks ago are having National Guard, regular Army doing drills of locking down the universities. So clearly they were drilling to have that be the beta test to show everybody a lockdown so everyone is acclimated so we see the phasing 
and the scripting even before April when all of this started with the emergency managers at the city and county level in Indiana and Illinois and New York on this show and with the documents, as the feds were saying, flu will come this year, millions will die, there will be mass graves, this is not a drill. Now the question is, are they planning to go with a real flu, or will the pathogen be in the shot, or will it be in both to scare people and some of the vaccines, not in some of the other different releases. We know top virologists have said it is an engineered flu. Or is this just the fear-mongering of the flu, the cover to get the NORTHCOM assets and other centralized command systems in other nations in place under the cover of the flu hysteria? Well, let me say this. It's going to be an integration of the flu to cover the financial disaster that's in the making. And you can't, you can't separate the fact that the international elite want to rid the planet of the population. You and I have done years and years of validation and verification of all their different statements. Now we have, in the last 48 hours, China uh, firing a shot across the financial bow, basically saying we won't take any more of America's junk paper, declaring the whole class of financial instruments as derivatives as junk. And, and gold that, is exploding. Gold is exploding. And what that, why that's critical, Alex, is this. The idea is that America was raped, pillaged, and plundered. And everybody that knows their pirate history will know that after you've raped, pillaged, and plundered, what do you do? You burn the cities, okay? And what's tragic is that I don't believe people in this country recognize how in the hell, and it's hell, literally the abomination that rises from hell, can we send all our troops to Afghanistan and Iraq, and meanwhile we're importing foreigners, and we're seeing the prepositioning of men and materials all over the country. You remember all the crap I caught when I said there are, you know, 345,000 people in this country, and all of a sudden now it's stated. So how do you get that when the U.S. military is saying we don't have enough men to send over there, but all of a sudden the magic number, 395,000, show up? Well, this well is I mean, NLEO 9... And guys, put FEMA up on screen for people at PrisonPlanet.tv. Radio listener could just Google NLEO9, and the top link that comes up is FEMA.gov forward slash media forward slash facts forward uh, sheets NLEO9.shtm, and it says troops from foreign countries right there participating in, in responding to terrorism in the U.S. It's right out in plain view. I've had, Alex, since you and I did the last show together. The okay, let's stop there for one second and just elaborate on a couple things that they've went over. Um, before he had mentioned uh, these foreign troops that they've seen possibly on these bikes, these motorcycles, and he mentioned the word venturi, which would be a way that they could disperse whatever they're receiving in these coolers um, in the road systems. Now, I've heard about this a long time ago, when I was first studying colloidal silver and um, uh, some of the research relating how colloidal silver can be helpful against some of the, the, uh, the uh, biological agents that terrorists could use. And with the Venturi, thinking like it's like this funnel that they could actually put, really it would be better if you had something like a car or something like that that you could actually put the agent in drive down the road and disperse it a little bit at a time on the road. Now, to me, that's kind of, uh, uh, you would think that the chemtrails would be the primary way they would want to use because obviously that would be a more efficient method. But you never know how they're, maybe they're wanting to hit more regional areas to make it look like there's regional outbreaks and then that would spread. So it's, it's hard to say exactly what they're 
um, MO is. But going further, he also mentioned China. And um, some articles that kind of back up what Steve Quayle just said about China. The first one he had talked about the derivatives. And um, this one just came out September 3rd. It was entitled... Uh, Chinese to destroy the feds by refusing to honor fraudulent derivative contracts. Uh, let's see here. The Chinese government has told Chinese companies that they do not have to honor derivatives and commodity futures contracts made with Western financial institutions in America. This is one of the most recent and important nails in the coffin for the soon-to-implode Federal Reserve Board. The Chinese have every right to renege on those contracts because they were fraudulent to begin with. First of all, the Feds manipulated the commodities market for their benefit and then to the detriment of the Chinese. They allowed 100 times leverage, thus allowing for astronomical Ponzi schemes to be set up. Furthermore, they almost certainly did not attempt to rip off the Chinese by blowing up in their faces these financial institutions and w that will implode. This will set off a chain of events that will make the Lehman Brothers implosion seem like a, a storm in a teacup. The total amount of derivative contracts outstanding is now over 5,000 trillion. 5,000 trillion. Or 100 times the GDP. In other words, it is just a giant illusion waiting to vanish along with the institutions that peddled it. See, we've just been printing money with nothing backing it. It's just all the Federal Reserve is just like this private printing press for the government. and they can. But you can't just do that indefinitely forever. You just can't create, try to create money out of thin air and expect there to be no repercussions down the line. And a lot of these other countries that were um, in league with the United States are fed up, sick, sick of this, and they're ready to, to pull out at this point. Now, again, the reason I'm saying this Steve Quayle just brought it up, and it would make most sense that if the we had a financial collapse, one of the ways to get our eyes off the financial collapse is to get it on something like this swine flu pandemic, forced vaccinations, these types of things. I mean, yeah, you're going to be mad about your money being worth nothing, but what's going to be most important is, is your life, okay? Because, you know, when rubber meets the road, our lives are more valuable than money, okay? But uh, even if you're, you know, a person living for this world. So, again, I said that to say, you know, just bring up these couple points to kind of bolster things. Here's another article from uh, Thunder Road again, mindweb.co, and this is from their gold analysis section, and it's entitled, China Pushes Silver and Gold Investments to the Masses. We are indebted again to the Thunder Road report for news that will bring big smiles to the gold and silver investors everywhere. Apparently, China is pushing the idea of buying gold and silver for investment purposes to the general population in the way that Western television sells soap powder. If 1.3 billion Chinese citizens start buying gold and silver, even in tiny quantities, imagine what that will do to the market. It's going to make everything go up. Now, gold is just about over 1,000 an ounce. Silver is over 16 the last time I checked. And that's quite a uh, an increase. Now, and again, if the dollar implodes, okay, then gold and silver can't do anything but go up in relation to the dollar, at least. Uh, if there's a lot of people worldwide buying gold and silver, you know, have supply and demand. If the demand's higher, price goes up. So um, 
the Chinese are encouraging that, and then they're not going to honor these derivative contracts. It does seem as though they are trying to create this implosion of the dollar, which, again, I'm not saying it's not all by design regarding the Illuminati, but I'm just telling you this uh, so you have fair warning. This report notes that China's television, central China's central television, the main state-owned television company, has run a news program letting the public know how easy it is to buy precious metals as an investment. On silver investment, the announcer is quoted as saying, China has introduced its first ever investment opportunity for silver bullion. Figures show that the gold was 50 times more expensive than it was in 2007, but now that figure has reached over 70 times. And let's say that silver has been undervalued in recent years, and you've heard me say that before. Uh, They add that the metal is the right investment for the individual investors and could be a good way to cash in. Uh, this may be an overstatement of the case from a precious metals standpoint. Um, certainly, if China is indeed pushing the public to buy gold, then there well may be a hidden agenda. It is unlikely that they are doing it and will suddenly pull the rug out rug out from millions of investors. And again, how could you really pull the rug out unless gold was really, really overinflated regarding the price, and then you know they somehow tried to manipulate it so the numbers went lower. Uh, if gold and silver are always going to have intrinsic value, though, that's the point I, I'm trying to make. No matter what you know happens to the world, uh, let's see here. A cynic would suggest that this will precede a move to switch a good proportion of the country's reserves into gold, which would have a few, huge effect on the global price of gold and could pres- prove disastrous for the dollar. So that report is another confirmation there that things uh, could be getting real ugly from a financial standpoint for America very, very, very soon. And I wanted to bring that in because it does relate to this subject. It, it, um, it definitely relates to the subject. So let's go ahead and um, let's go further you can have that. with this report here. When I was on with you last, I've had multiple law enforcement and military contacts absolutely tell me that they're noticing foreign observers assigned to the sheriff's department, the highway patrol, state patrol, whatever you call it. But one of the guys said, Steve, he said, look, I'm XSF, Special Forces. And he said, I know a hitter when I see one. He said, I was one. Okay, we're going to go ahead and end part one there. We're going to go to part two of this report next in our next report with Steve Quayle and Alex Jones. God bless you.